2011. A truck stop in Laredo along the fuel aisles. A couple of owner-operators noticed another hauler's rig pulled up for the next guy to get into the diesel lanes. The tractor, pulling a dry van, had acquired a couple unlikely additions to its cargo. In an unlikely place, too. A couple of bona fide actual human beings were crouched on top of the cab, partially hidden behind the tractor's full fairing. I wrote about the incident at the time, and while the supposition was the stowaways had likely crossed the border from Mexico illegally and were looking for the fastest way out of the law enforcement heavy border zone, I really don't know if that's the case or if a uh, more dire on-the-run type situation was in the cards for them. It seemed to have to have been pretty dire indeed, given it feels hard for me to even conceive of anything that would make me want to take a high-speed run down an American highway on top of a tractor's cab. You? Yeah. Turns out I'm not alone in that assessment. We see those as well. Uh, and and again, just I mean, what's what's the risk of that, right? That just makes me right. cringe. A truck moving, yeah, seventy miles an hour down the highway with there's no place to go. I'm Todd Dills, your host for this edition of the Overdrive Radio podcast. And the voice you heard there was that of uh, U.S. Customs and Border Protection Chief Patrol Agent for the Laredo sector, Matthew Hudek. Hudek's office reached out with a message for the trucking community about what he's seeing in the numbers since October when it comes to busted human smuggling, smuggling operations. A dramatic uptick in instances of CDL drivers caught moving a great deal more than two people at a time, often in their dry van or reefer trailers. In some cases, the drivers involved may have been initially hoodwinked into participation in the schemes, though the red flags are what they are and should be easy to spot for anyone recruited by a smuggling ring for the purpose. Penalties for involvement are stiff, as we'll hear, and Hudak stresses the eyes and ears aspect of his office's reliance on the community of drivers near and far in shutting these kinds of dangerous operations down before they even get going. My name is Matthew Hudak, and I'm the Chief Patrol Agent of the U.S. Border Patrol's Laredo Sector. Uh, so we have 20 sectors in the uh, in the Border Patrol, nine on the southern border, and I oversee Laredo being one of those sectors. So uh, I've got a little over 135 miles of international border that I'm responsible for, uh, as well as all of the highways and transit uh, means to get uh, away from the border uh, and into the interior of the country. So. Uh, I've been in the Border Patrol for a little over 23 years, uh, and I've been assigned to several different sectors here in Sector, uh, in Arizona, and in our headquarters, uh, and then happy to be here as the Chief in Laredo. For the entirety of the 2020 year in their annual accounting of data, Chief Hudak told me 1,400 people were caught being smuggled in tractor trailers out of the Laredo sector. Yet the problem has accelerated over the course of the year, and since October, in just a short three and a half months, 51 separate busts involving more than 1,600 people have occurred there. Sizable increase in real numbers in just a fourth of the time. The image associated with this episode is from the Border Patrol's uh, X-ray imaging technology that helped discover a bus that led to a driver's arrest on New Year's Eve just a few weeks ago. The motivating factor in that case? Well, the driver told police he was paid $10,000 for the load which had planned to move from Laredo to San Antonio. If you're not from or familiar with South Texas, that's just about a 150-mile trip. Yeah, more than $60 a mile. Yet the price this driver will pay is steep. The man may never haul again, as you'll hear through the course of my talk with the chief. Before it rolls, 
Here's a word from Overdrive Radio's sponsor. If you're a leased owner-operator, you need quality insurance to keep you protected. Call First Guard for the commercial truck insurance you need and the service you deserve. First Guard is the trucker's insurance company. We understand your needs and offer physical damage and non-trucking liability insurance for leased owner-operators. With First Guard, you always get fast and friendly service. Visit firstguard.com. That's the number one, stguard.com. First Guard, we speak trucker. Let's talk. Here's Chief Hudak. The challenge I wanted to share with with you and your viewers today uh, is one facet of the the larger human smuggling uh, situation that we deal with. So when when we talk about human smuggling, that's basically the the facilitation or the movement of persons across our border illegally. So uh, here within this sector, you know, so far this year, we've arrested over 25,000 people, and that's just since October 1st. Uh, attempting to illegally enter our country. So they do that by, in this border area, we have the Rio Grande River. So they they swim across the river uh, and then using guides uh, and and different smuggling uh, organizations, uh, they get to uh, safe locations, stash houses here uh, within the city of Laredo and around. So that gets them here into the country. But the real goal for them is, is not to stay here in the border area, it's to get to communities, larger cities, Uh, Texas, but also throughout the country. So understanding that that's their end game is to get to, you know, uh, other areas away from the border. How do they do that? Well, these smuggling organizations will go and recruit these illegal aliens, charge them a fee to get them across the border, and then we'll charge that price also includes moving them to other parts of the country. And when we look at the ways to do that, we have a tremendous amount of security at the airports, so we don't see a lot of human smuggling there. The routes that are left over, trains and vehicles. And, you know, tractor trailers, you know, you and your viewers certainly know uh, the, the capacity with which they can carry cargo. And unfortunately, these smuggling organizations look at people as nothing more than cargo. So what we see is, you know, those aliens getting smuggled across the border and these organizations actually packing them uh, large numbers into tractor trailers. Uh, and where that certainly is a problem in just the, the immediate safety issue, you know, everybody knows that a trailer is not the way to transport people. Mm-hmm. We add COVID to that. So we're seeing cases of 150 aliens packed in a tractor trailer. There's no safety apparatus. There's no personal protective equipment. Uh, it, it's a completely dangerous situation. And where I think your viewers have an interesting uh, ability to help us out with this is the trucks don't move themselves. So these organizations, as part of that smuggling enterprise, they're going out and recruiting drivers. Uh, And I I don't believe they go out and tell them, hey, we want you to commit this felony. Here's what we're going to, you know, what we want you to do. It's recruiting drivers, other states, or even here in Texas, hey, we'll pay you X number of dollars to move this truck. And that's what we see happening. Now, in reality, when we take that driver to court and we prosecute him in federal court, when, you know, we can show that, you know, you have a driver of a, you know, a very large commercial vehicle, a CDL license with experience doing this, but he doesn't know the cargo, doesn't know the owner, doesn't know where it's going, doesn't know the company that hired him, they're paying them cash, no questions asked. 
those are all things that go to there's knowledge of something not being right. So that's what we wanted to kind of share with the viewers today, what that smuggling cycle looks like and what's the unique vulnerability that the trucks have, but also the great opportunity that you and your viewers have to help us with this effort. That was one one of the questions that I was going to ask was how this kind of presents to the the drivers that end up involved in this kind of thing. Um, and it sounds like in many cases they don't really uh, they don't necessarily realize that they're being recruited to do this particular thing. Yeah, I think that's part of it. I I honestly believe they they know that they're being asked to do something that's not right. Uh, but I think in, in a lot of respects, certainly people from other parts of the country, and, and I have one case I'll, I'll talk about in a little bit, a, a driver from Florida probably, you know, maybe did not realize that, you know, transporting and smuggling humans is a federal felony that can get him up to 10 years in prison per alien. So, you know, the stakes on it are, are extremely high. Multiply that 10 years in the clink times the number Chief Hudak dropped earlier. That's 150 humans packed into a reefer trailer. I'd say 1,500 years is quite a hefty potential maximum sentence for involvement in a scheme like this. I gather that there has been, uh, you know, a particular increase in this in recent years that you guys have seen. Yeah, so going into last year, you know, there, there certainly has been an increase. Uh, I can tell you for uh, last year, just to, to, to kind of get the sense, we dealt with uh, about 1,400 uh, aliens being smuggled this way. Uh, and, you know, this year alone, we're up to 1,600 uh, already just since October 1st. So that's, uh, you know, a 127% increase for us so far this year. And that's a concern because, like I said, it's, it's a very, very dangerous way to transport people. Uh, we have seen cases over the years where uh, we've had multiple fatalities uh, in, in those situations. And, and, I, and I guarantee you no driver wants to be a part of that or the uh, in, in some of these cases, the life sentence that has gone uh, along with that conviction. So that's a risk. And then now we add this last year of dealing with COVID, you know, there's nothing good that comes with having a large number of people uh, packed in in a tight area. And, you know, we don't want a driver as well to be part of, you know, that uh, virus transmission package that went from one area to a, to a larger city community. And now we've infected a few thousand more people. 1,600 uh, individuals have, have come from the Laredo sector uh, solely? That, that's correct. So this yeah. is uh, along the southern border. This is where we see the, the, the highest intensity of that, and that's certainly because of the, the Interstate 35 NAFTA-USMCA corridor. Uh, the, yeah. the, amount of, uh, the, the port of Laredo is the largest cargo land uh, crossing on the southern border. So the transportation infrastructure is there, but the scale is, is by far the most intense here. Unfortunately, the, 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 the data gives me a lot to talk about. Uh, so yeah. I can tell you yesterday, so a little over 24 hours ago, uh, at our immigration checkpoint on Interstate 35. We were talking, I should say, on Thursday, January 7, 2021. So the prior day, the 6th, at the Border Patrol checkpoint on I-35. Uh, we intercepted a tractor-trailer load with 126 uh, aliens in the tr in the trailer. So that was yesterday, a little over 24 hours ago. We had on December 30th, you know, a little over a week ago, uh, another case with a total of 150 aliens involved. So so we're seeing those frequently. Uh, you know, they're, they're not the, the one-offs, uh, you know, exceptions that we saw years ago. 
uh, it's it's consistent and and it's certainly dangerous in and of itself. But I, I think a lot of times the the aliens that are being smuggled don't know what they're getting into. Uh, we we had one case a couple months ago where it was a family and they were loading them in the trailer and hey sorry we don't have enough room for the kid and the smugglers took the kid and sent the parents in the truck. Uh, oh, so which which was horrendous. Fortunately, our agents intercepted the tractor trailer load, arrested the driver. In in the interviews, the parents said the smugglers took the kid. Uh, we were able to get a description, and we actually intercepted a passenger vehicle a couple hours later with the kid in the vehicle. So a good outcome, but could very have very easily have been a much worse outcome. All right, it could have gone all kinds of ways there. That's uh, yes. that's scary stuff. For sure. Yes, sir. Um, we've talked a little bit already about the kind of risks um, that are for not not only the uh, the folks that uh, are being transported this way, uh, obvious, but uh, you know any anybody that um, is a kind of approach to be a part of something like this. So, what can they? How can they recognize that um, that something is amiss? Uh, for one, and then. Uh, you know, just kind of emphasize the risks uh, to these folks if, if they are caught in the midst of doing this. What happens? What What's at stake uh, for the commercial driver um, who would, you know, be involved in something like this? To kind of take the, the first one there, what are kind of some of the things to be on the lookout for? What are the indications? Okay. You know, for all the, the truck drivers that, that I've dealt with, you know, uh, and on the good side of things over my career, and, and we deal with a lot of them with our uh, interstate checkpoints, certainly at the, the the ports of entry as well. They're professionals. You know, they take pride in the work that they do. Uh, they do a great job with it. Safety is always part of the concern that they work with. So when somebody approaches them to do something that doesn't sound right, uh, like I mentioned, the, hey, we want you to take this truck, you know, but we're not going to tell you what's in it. Uh, we're not going to let you inspect the cargo. Uh, we're, we're not, you know, you don't know who owns it. And we're not really going to tell you where to go with it, uh, but you know you're going to pick it up on the side of the road in this spot and bring it to this parking lot. Those should, to a professional driver, should all be an indication that something is not right. So what we ask them to do at that point is certainly if, if they're in our area here, report that to us, and, and we'll share all that information with you here uh, that you can share with with your viewers. Uh, but anywhere, if, if they're encountered and asked to do that. That, that's a good thing to call law enforcement in any area about because we're talking illegal aliens, but they smuggle narcotics and, and weapons the same way. So it's the, the cargo, honestly, to them is not really important, clearly. Uh, so they're just looking to get that driver. To, to answer your second question, more of the what's the risk to that driver? So under federal law, uh, Title 8 U.S.C. 1324 is the statute that covers uh, human smuggling. So uh, in, in a case where uh, a driver transports somebody that's here illegally in the country, and that applies to a truck driver, uh, a pilot of an aircraft, or the driver of a motor vehicle, uh, those can face up to 10 years in jail per count, so per alien. And those stakes go up even higher, and those penalties can be even higher where there is risk of injury in a tractor trailer, uh, or there's serious injury or fatality. And, and as I mentioned, you know, we have uh, between the work with us and our partners at Homeland Security Investigations under ICE, uh, we have gotten, you know, life sentence convictions for 
uh, drivers that have been involved in, in death cases. So, so that certainly, I think, should deter anybody. Yeah. But, but even in the smaller cases, one thing that we do here is once there is a conviction for alien smuggling, uh, we work through the, the Texas Department of Public Safety, and they ultimately get a lifetime uh, suspension of their CDL. Uh, so they can never get a CDL in Texas or, or another state. So um, there's a, a lasting impact well beyond just the, the jail time. Under the quote-unquote Texas Hold'em initiative, this CDL revocation effort for those involved in human smuggling or trafficking cases has been in place since 2008, Chief Hudak told me. October of last year, uh, we intercepted a, a driver out of Florida uh, at our checkpoint here in Laredo. So he's, he's not a local guy. He, he was brought in from another area, uh, ended up having 23 uh, illegal aliens in that truck. It was stopped at our checkpoint, as I mentioned. Uh, we prosecuted that case federally. Uh, he was convicted back in October of this year, uh, received a three-year jail sentence, and then he also has had the, the suspension and the permanent revocation uh, of his CDL. Mm-hmm. So, again, you know, very stiff consequences, and in reality, probably knew that he was getting himself into something wrong. Did it also involve uh, uh, cargo in the trailer with uh, with the folks as well? With the... That one, uh, I, I don't know the specifics on it, but with that yeah. number, it, it likely did. Right. Uh, where we get, yeah, where we get these, the 140, 150, and, and even larger that we've seen, uh, that's that's strictly just people. Uh, right. But we have seen uh, people actually packed in there, commingled with the cargo, and we've even seen these, these horrendous cases where they actually get uh, enclosed in containers inside the cargo. Uh, and, and that one, you know, I, I certainly would not want to be the driver trying to defend that one in court. That's that's not going to end well. You've likely before seen pictures like the one we shared, captured by the imaging technology that Customs and Border Protection uses at various among their checkpoints to detect human beings inside a dry van or reefer trailer. Among some of the smugglers arranging these quote-unquote loads, as it were, Chief Udak says there's a belief that commingling people with other cargo is a way to defeat the scanning technology. The chief noted, though, that such a belief may be akin to wishful thinking on their part. Uh, it may at times be be different challenges, uh, but it's right. not hard. It's not hard. Right. Uh, and, you know, we, we basically bring every tool that we have in our arsenal to this. So uh, basic is the just the intuition of the agents uh, talking right. to the drivers. Uh, and then we layer on the canines, uh, the technology that you mentioned, uh, all of those different things. That's how we're able to intercept uh, you know, all of these these cases, which tractor trailers alone, we've had 51 different seizures in, in cases uh, since uh, the start of October. So all of the things come to bear. And, and also, just to, to kind of take that a step further, it's not just us in this effort. So yeah. we, have, we have a partnership going uh, with the Texas Department of Public Safety and their highway patrol uh, that does their commercial vehicle enforcement. So they know what to be on the lookout for for suspicious uh, loads as well, uh, as well as, you know, the local law enforcement plus all of our federal partners. You know, we all recognize the, the dangers that this has to, to the aliens and to the public. So we're all committed all the way up through our prosecutors uh, of, of being aggressive on these cases. I'm guessing that um, there's also, you know, a lot of other like things that go along with this kind of, uh, attempt to sort of 
get by the, the the law enforcement, and it probably involves a lot of you know manufacturing of false bills of lading and you know the works there. That seems like something too to me that could be potentially used to fool a driver into getting involved in something like this. Are there any particular red flags in that regard um, that that a driver should take into consideration? I, I think the best defense that we have there is is the experience of the drivers. Yeah. And you know, I, I think they certainly they honestly probably understand the bill of ladings and and all of that process better than than we do. So you know, again, they get asked to pick up a truck and there is no bill of lading. <laughs> right. You, Exactly. That's that's where the danger kind of needs to to uh, to be apparent. And, you know, these these smuggling organizations, uh, you know, certainly these are transnational criminal organizations, cartels that are involved with this. Uh, but they also work as a network with uh, uh, gangs and other organizations on this side of the border. So yeah. their their recruiting efforts are, are are substantial and they know, you know, the. the uh, the benefit that they can get by using these vehicles. So they are actively out there recruiting drivers. And, you know, again, we just look at them to make that right decision of, you know, am I willing to take the risk of, you know, spending time in jail and losing my license or, you know what, I want to do the right thing and I'm, I'm just going to stick to the legitimate traffic. That's that's really our, our opportunity for success in, in preventing this. The drivers are obviously part of this, you know, whether they they get into the criminal side. That's certainly one issue. Uh, certainly, if they can help report these contacts, report that recruiting, that's tremendous to us because the, the ones that we would really like to target more are the ones that are doing the recruiting, the, the organization, the people that are putting this together. So, you know, that would be the thing. If, if a driver is, is asked to do something like this, report that to us or report that to law enforcement in general. And then that's where we can build the leads, we can investigate and figure out who is doing that. Uh, certainly, you know, in a safe way, we don't want anybody to, to take the law in their own hands or put themselves at risk, but really just to be a good reporter of that information to us, then that allows law enforcement to, to go after and, and kind of keep the driver out of uh, risk in that process. And then I guess the, the standard kind of things apply there um, in terms of, uh, you know, just uh, be a good observer. Uh, in, if you're in an interaction like that, um, and you suspect something, uh, something may be amiss, as much detail as possible without, uh, like putting yourself in danger, I guess, is a big thing. Yeah, exactly. Just, just as you said, you know, reporting, you know, who contacted you, how they contacted you, you know, what, what the offer or what the ask was, uh, and then let us take it from there. How do, um, how do folks, um, uh, make these contacts for, for you guys in, in the Laredo area there, um, but also other law enforcement. What particular agencies uh, should folks be reaching out to? Yeah, so so primarily the, the human smuggling falls within the, the Homeland Security okay. uh, purview, so that's us here at Border Patrol. Uh, where we don't have offices, it's uh, uh, Immigration and Customs Enforcement, uh, Homeland Security Investigations, HSI. Uh, but in reality, any law enforcement agency that gets that knows who to get that to to be able to work it because um, we do a lot as an agency uh, a lot of education to to local and state agencies not just on human smuggling but the even worse side of that which is the human trafficking and and the distinction there is smuggling is kind of a a willing participation whereas the trafficking is where 
you know, they, they get to the point, they, they don't have a choice. And that's the blue campaign that we do focuses on that. But really, in the end, it's the same teams working those same cases. So those same mechanisms to report it can be used. Yeah, so you know, anybody down to down to local law enforcement and, and certainly state, I would imagine, would be appropriate to, to sort of make a, make a contact and just Absolutely. Send, along, send along a lead. Have you had uh, tips from uh, truck drivers uh, come in that, that led to, uh, to any prosecutions or arrests or any successes on, on your part in the past? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So we've had successes from there locally and even in, in areas away from the border here. So, uh, you know, there's certainly a lot of warehouses, a, a substantial amount of trucking here in Laredo. So uh, from truck drivers to uh, employees at locations that have uh, made tips to us have turned into some very substantial uh, criminal prosecution cases. And, and so that's where, like I said, the value really is in this effort. Uh, it's one, because I, I, if we can keep the drivers from getting into that situation, then that's yeah. also keep, keeping the smuggling from happening. So it's, it's a win-win. But yeah, we've had, we've had success, successes that have led to very successful prosecutions uh, just from tips from drivers and, and other people in the whole trucking industry. Obviously, the drivers are the focal part, but you also have the dispatchers, the yard managers, the equipment uh, you know, asset managers as well. Uh, it's that sure. entire team. Find links to contact information for the Border Patrol's Laredo sector in the Overdrive radio post that houses this podcast for January 15 at overdriveonline.com slash overdrive hyphen radio. Overdrive Radio is a production of Overdrive Magazine. Sign up to receive Overdrive's daily newsletter featuring trucking news, views, and analysis geared toward current and prospective owner-operators and small fleet owners via overdriveonline.com. The podcast is edited and produced by me, Todd Dills, with no small amount of support from Overdrive Extra contributor Paul Marhofer, Overdrive Editorial Director Max Heine, Social Media Coordinator Holly Young, News Editor Matt Cole and Executive Editor James Gillette. Until next time, keep it pro out there.